0: Are you taking antidepressants? If you are, please just consider what I'm about to tell you. There's certain effects that come along with these drugs that have nothing to do with pharmacology or the stuff that doctors are concerned with. And by the way, I am a very strong believer in getting professional medical guidance whenever it's appropriate. We do occasionally need certain medications and we need the services of medical professionals. They have medicines, you know, that can help control some symptoms of certain disorders during outbreaks but you have to also address the origins of these symptoms there are spiritual roots to diseases and that's what 99.99999 percent of mental and physical maladies are the meds can be a good thing don't get me wrong but while you pursue an effective solution not just masking symptoms of something that's so simple to cure so easy to address but painful so it isn't done that often. But if you have ever considered taking, or if you're now taking antidepressant medications, the kind that are typically prescribed, then you need to know something. Chances are you've been duped. It's very likely you've been told that your brain chemistry is imbalanced and that these drugs can help rebalance the chemicals. First, realize, please, that this chemical imbalance idea is just a theory. And a very dubious origin, too. It's an old one. It was a promotional narrative created back in the 50s and 60s by marketing people at pharmaceutical companies. It was meant to put out to physicians to help them distribute the drugs. And they did get the memo. It was very successful. And now you believe it. But it was a sales script. Invented features and benefits to drugs that they had no idea how or why they worked. Wholesale selling points. Just like the ones that the Electrolux vacuum cleaner salesman memorized to sell you a carpet shampoo machine for thousands of dollars. I'm a professional salesman. I know sales bluster when it comes up. In truth, science has no idea what causes anxiety or what they term as depression. They don't know. They have no idea. They're just guessing. Just about every professional narrative on it is speculative. Now, I do know what causes it, and I'm going to spell it out for you in just a moment. You might not like it. These drugs, yes, they alter mood, but they don't know how they work. They don't even know the long-term effects that daily use might have on the mind and on the body. And we're just finding out now after decades that it's, it's bad. It's really bad. It isn't physiological. It's metaphysical. Now, they they do know certain basics about the brain chemistry, right? The neurotransmitters. They know about serotonin and epinephrine and dopamine, some of these mechanisms, how they affect mood. And they know how to manipulate some of these with the SSRIs and the SNRIs and others. But as to the whys, they don't know. They just don't know. All they know is some of the mechanics. And even then, it's just surface information, astoundingly uncertain, to say the least. There are well publicized drawbacks to the drugs, horrific documented side effects. And I'll, I'll speak to the one that I'm most qualified to address. It's the one big shortcoming, a really big one. So hold on. The issues that the drugs are affecting are not. Caused by physiological disorders. They're metaphysical. And if you repair the metaphysical dysfunction, the physical symptoms that manifest just go away. But if you don't, if you cover them up, unbelievable harms continue. Devastating. Now, I'm not speaking out of school here. I've worked directly with many hundreds of people over the last 20 years alcoholics, drug addicts, food addicts, sex addicts, all kinds of addicts. Many of them, I've also helped get off these medications, which is in itself not a goal. The goal is to solve the underlying brokenness. Now I don't help them medically, for that you need a doctor, they have that training. They know how to properly wean someone off of these very invasive drugs. You need to minimize this, what they call discontinuation syndrome, the side effects that you you don't want to abruptly discontinue. There's a procedure that they learned in medical school. I'm talking about removing the need for the medications so that you never have to take them in the first place. And if you need to be detoxed in the second place, then that will be successful. Okay, here it goes. Now hold on to your hat. This is tough to hear. We exist spiritually as well as physically. Now that's not so hard to accept. But there's one element in that spirituality. It's something that psychologists call ego but they haven't a clue what it is they know it's there and that's all they know <laughs> but it's not what they think it's not what you think it's a metaphysical entity and it has a will of its own it is a spiritual nature the essence of something dark something with which we connect and we think is us but it isn't it pretends it's us it isn't Now, I know that's a bit scary. As a matter of fact, it in you right now is probably shaking like a leaf just by hearing me say it. It could get angry. You're not angry. You're not scared. It is scared. To hear this. This this phantom self feeds on the energy in our negative emotional responses, on the anger. Every time you get upset, every time you get resentful, annoyed, burned up, sore, it feeds and it grows. That's its food. That's what you're feeding. It's a feeding frenzy, a feeling frenzy. Same thing. That's how self evolves. Now, you have a natural protection against this thing. It's called consciousness. And if you're connected to that, then Your conscience can regulate you, then you have the power to make right choices. Without being judgmental about it, you automatically do the next right thing without anyone telling you what to do. Without religions, without laws, you have virtue. That's where it comes from. But when psychotropic medications raise the level of pleasure chemicals in the brain, those neurotransmitters and the reward and pleasure areas, that feeling suspends consciousness. It's a biochemical interference and it severs us from the discipline of our conscience. It doesn't work the way it's supposed to anymore. So then it no longer hurts to be wrong. And that allows this lower self that lives by wrong to dominate, to take over. It's intelligent. It becomes a false conscience talking to us. It's the voice in the head, in the intellect. Sounds like your mother, (laughs) or your teachers, or your bully boss, or your bully wife, or bully husband, or bully girlfriend, your cult leader, or your guru. These chemicals stimulate the reward circuitry in the brain, and they drown out the discomfort that would otherwise would just naturally just keep us safe from ego, from its chattering prattle. It's nonsense. These chemicals allow the medicated person to power through unfavorable events while they continue to feed this negative emotional energy to this thing, and it grows from that energy. Scary, I know. What happens when someone takes antidepressants? It's not a true ability to manage emotions, but it's a numbing It's a numbing of the unpleasantness, stimulating the brain, inducing pleasures that raise the threshold for even more resentment, anger, eventually rage. It nourishes, it enlarges, it emboldens. The voice gets louder. You don't know it's this creature, if not you. It begins to think through you. After a while, you can't even distinguish yourself from the entity. You don't even know who you are anymore. Now, hopefully, this isn't you. It hasn't gone that far. Hopefully. But eventually, it acts through the person who's on the drug. He becomes a host to a hellish parasite that's taking up residence inside of him. He begins to spread bitterness. He begins to upset the lives of everyone he comes into contact with. And over time, degenerates even more. This thing can become so controlling, so imperious, so unified with the thoughts and actions of its host. One day it says, break that window. And he does. He just picks up a brick or a rock and tosses it. It says, sleep with that man. You love him. And she does it. Or he does it. (laughs) It says, jump from that subway platform. The world will be better off without you. Slip that belt around your neck. Not his idea but he obeys. He thinks it's his idea. He's convinced. And then it says, kill those students or go mow down those innocent bystanders in the church or in the mall. And it's an AK-47 or an AR-15 or a suicide vest. It doesn't matter. And a horrible ordeal spreads like wildfire across a nation, around the world. It isn't his idea. Something has taken over. Something that has short-circuited his conscience. His awareness is dulled. And there are many things that do that. But antidepressants do it very efficiently. And we see mass atrocity. A nation of angry witnesses, upset, who now they can be manipulated. Coerced into making poor decisions. Overeating. Oversexing. You can sell them things. You can even convince them to support bad laws so that a country can be taken over by tyrants who know this game. Do you see what is happening? Do you know who I'm talking about? Are you in the anger club or are you free? And we're gonna see more and more of this. It's going to get worse. It's gonna get worse and worse until we can stop handing out these drugs and wake up To drain the sludge out of our hallowed institutions, our schools, our government. People who aid and abet this horror. But the mental health professionals will pump more people with these drugs, making it worse. Pretending they're making it better. Maybe they're miseducated. Maybe they don't know. But there's an intelligence that does know. And they are its pawns. It lives in them too. This is heavy stuff, I know. If you feel depressed and anxious, if you're given antidepressant drugs, they probably will seem to help. They may even take away, they may even alleviate your restlessness altogether. You'll feel better. And you'll tell everyone how great these medications are and how wonderful your psychiatrist is. But it will be at a definite and dear cost to your soul. You'll absorb and hide, absorb and hide more anger, more rage than ever, feeding that ego inside. It becomes stronger, bigger. Self-centeredness will grow. And it's only a matter of time before you're overwhelmed, and you may not die to violence. Most of what's bugging you will be in secret, or subtle. You'll die emotionally, through reduce diseases like cancer and heart attacks or neurology of some kind, and then you'll die from a heart attack anyway. Anger destroys the immune system. And suppressed anger does it while you smile all the way down. And that's what the psychoactive stimulants do. You're dying. People on antidepressants feel better while they're getting worse. Now, you don't want to hear this because you're already on the damn things. You put your kids on them. Sorry. But you're making a terrible mistake. Terrible. The relief is artificial. If you know someone whose life seems to have gotten better because they're taking a chemical solution to their anxiety, to their depression, you're witnessing a temporary solution that's completely unnatural. It's a manufactured serenity. You're watching the evolution of a ticking time bomb. And while that person may seem to be getting productively back into the stream of life, and they smile and have all the good words for the drugs, you don't know what's going on inside. But I just told you, Anxiety is not a disease. Ideation is not an illness. They're signals indicating that something is spiritually broken and needs repair. The connection to intuitive consciousness has been cut off. Snuffing out the warning signal. And snuffing out the warning signal with psychotropic chemicals allows you to feel better while you become sicker. First spiritually, then mentally, and then physically. There is a cure for depression, but it doesn't lie in medical cover-ups. It lies in addressing the source of all mental anguish, and that is anger. Get free of anger, and depression will vanish. You'll be able to forget about drugs that give you only a facsimile of confidence. And instead, you'll discover true peace from within. True confidence. I'm about to say, Dan, have you ever taken antidepressants? I know you haven't taken antidepressants. You ask me that about every single- <laughs> Every every single podcast. Well, no, I, I know you haven't taken antidepressants because I raised you. and We never gave you antidepressants. So, and you never needed them. No. Did you ever feel depressed? You know, there's a difference between depression, what they call major depression, right? And just being sad. Sure. Big Have you ever been sad? Y- yeah. Okay. So, did you want drugs for it? I was sad
1: once. Um, you're <laughs> no, of course. Well, the thing is they don't have a hard, uh, a hard rule on when you're depressed and when you're just sad. Well, it's true. Oh, you've been sad for a long time. You must be depressed. Right. Well, yeah. I was only sad for 10 days. Okay. On the 11th day, you're clinically depressed. Right. On the 12th day, they, and they have different levels of it.
0: Yeah. There's no test. You can't like just go pee in a cup and they go, oh, your serotonin is off and you're, you need a little more dopamine here and. They, don't, they can't do that.
1: It's basically when they, when they call you depressed, it's you've been sad for such a long time that we're going to try and alter your, uh, your chemistry to fix it. Right. You've been sad too long. We're going to fix it with drugs.
0: Sad too long. Isn't that? Sounds like a, a song. I've been sad too long.
1: I don't know. <laughs> um, what's interesting is more women are on antidepressants than men. Right. About um, 16% of women have taken them and only 8% of men. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's like half. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I, I don't know if there are an equal amount of men and women.
0: Huh. I know that the, per, the percentage of people that are on antidepressant medi, uh, medications is pretty high. It's over 10%. It's like somewhere between 10 and 15%. Something it's like,
1: like that. 10 or 12, I think. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yep. And that's mostly women. Is that because yes. the men are driving them crazy? Or I thought women were driving men crazy. Oh, but they are because they're <laughs> depressed. Because they're all depressed, <laughs> and they're on me- And they're on medication, so they're you becoming know You know what's
1: really interesting is white people are way more likely to take antidepressants than black, uh, Asian, or Hispanic people.
0: Well, you know, you get into a whole political argument on that because they'll tell you that they don't have access to good health care. Oh, God. That's the argument. That's the argument. If they if they could get them, they would have them. That's the argument. And the truth is they can get them. They they can get them, of yeah, course they can, they can get of course them. I can. But I
1: think, um, I don't know. I think it's I think there's maybe a cultural difference where uh, I think everybody has problems that they're trying to take care of, and I think maybe white people are relying more on medication to trying to try and fix it.
0: Yeah, I know that you know you have to the thing is, you know I you know that I had I was given medications a while back you know going back. For, you mean antidepressants? Antidepressants. Okay. Yeah, a couple, many, well, a couple, (laughs) I was going to say a couple of of decades ago. I was going to say decades, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I will tell you that um, they work. They really do work. But, you know, I don't want to go into the whole thing right now about, you know, how I came to realize that I, that, how bad they were. But they work. Coming off of them is a serious thing, though. You have to, if you want to wean off of them, we're going to have a, um, a section on our website that's going to help people do that. But we're going to have on there a section that's definitely going to direct them toward a doctor because you have to have a doctor to wean off of those things. Yep. The, uh, uh, there are a lot of side effects that are really unpleasant and they're even said that they could really send, send you into send you to the cleaners really can. So you have to, yeah, but you can be safely weaned off of them. A lot of people that I've helped have gone to their doctors and their doctors were not for it. They didn't want to take them off of them, right, but if they insisted they would and um, several of them uh, went to get another doctor
1: now when you say they didn't want to take them off them, did they say you're not ready or was it just oh no they you're going to keep going perpetually
0: they told them that uh well, the con- one that I'm thinking of the most recent I'm thinking of was uh, no, you need to stay on them for the rest of your life, which was what they told me right <laughs> you know right so you no to just drop off of them then you're left with the same situation that you had before, except now you're not medicated. Yep. Right. So, uh, now you're whatever biochemistry they've been manip- manipulating and tampering with in your brain. Now it all goes back to, you know, maybe it's worse now. It, I don't, it's
1: gotta be worse. I don't know. I believe it would be worse.
0: I, I would speculate and say it probably is, but if it's as bad as it was before, then what have you accomplished?
1: I mean, it's like, uh, it's like breaking a bone and treating it with, um, painkillers. Right. You know, after a certain amount of t- you're getting worse and worse as you go. You
0: are getting worse. Yeah, well, well, your your bone would heal. So you're not going to heal if you
1: Okay, let me use well there're different examples. I know. Okay. Okay. It's a pretty good example.
0: <laughs> it's just not that good.
1: If you didn't set the bone and you're not in a cast and you're not taking care of it, you're going to get worse and worse and worse.
0: Right. If you well, if you keep you if you keep
1: using your arm, your broken arm and you're treating with painkillers to get rid of the pain. All right. It's
0: going to lead to big problems. All right, all right, we'll give you that one. All right, if you keep using it. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: If you're using drugs to artificially change how you feel about what you do and what you've done, right? You're uh, you're masking your conscience. Right. Uh, you're opening yourself up to doing more and more bad things. So then, when you come off it, I would imagine that guilt is
0: even worse. The guilt is worse, and and you don't, you haven't changed at all. See, the the key to coming off of medications is to be is to actually don't need them anymore is to don't
1: need them. It's to not need them anymore.
0: Are you correcting my grammar?
1: key to coming off is don't need them anymore. <laughs> don't need them no more. Why am I a hillbilly? <laughs> Watch out. To not need them anymore, yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> to not need them anymore. Yes, is to not need them anymore and the way to not need them anymore is to go to the cause. The medications are merely treating the symptoms of the cause and the cause is always a spiritual metaphysical reason. Your self has expanded. You've become angry. You've become resentful. Res- the resentment has gotten into you. The anger has gotten into you, and increased. It increases your your ego, is what it does. You become narcissistic. Mm-hmm. So people that come people that come off of these drugs find themselves worse off. They may actually not even feel that bad anymore, <laughs> but they are worse people they just don't know it so a lot of people seem to get their lives back and then they're then they're taken off the medications and they think they're okay because they're not sad anymore but they're just big jerks and they've reconciled that within themselves okay but then what'll happen is given enough time it'll start to build up again and they'll become guilty again and they'll they'll get into that self-loathing and they'll start to get what they call depressed
1: Another interesting thing is that uh more a higher percentage of people over the age of sixty are on it than under so like twenty per twenty percent of people uh over the age of sixty mm-hmm. have used antidepressants right or, are, or rather are on antidepressants
0: right now well that makes
1: sense to me versus uh like only three percent of people like teenagers right is that because they've done more bad things. That's right. <laughs> it's,
0: it's an accumulated lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
1: Let's do some questions. Okay. Okay. Um, we have a lot of questions. We're getting to them all. Uh, if you don't hear yours, don't think you've been ignored. We are getting to them. Don't worry. This one's from John. He says, I wanted to ask, all your methods, all things you talk about, etc. are these things you discovered yourself and came up with? Or has somebody else's ideas inspired you to do all this Uh, That helps others today. Interested to know how you started with all this. Books, meditations, etc. I ask because I've never heard these materials before from anywhere else. And I'm really intrigued as to where it all comes from. A difficult question to write. Hope you understand what I meant. Best wishes all the way from Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. That's terrible. I probably sound really bad. That's terrible. And you're half Irish. I'm not half Irish.
0: Oh, no. Wait, What are you?
1: Well, I'm half Irish English. Of course. I know. We don't know how much Irish and how much English, though.
0: Um, why not? I'm 100%.
1: You're 100% Irish English. Right. So, I'm half Irish English. But you don't know what percentage Irish and what percentage English. Oh, I see. It's really the same people. Oh, tell that to them. (laughs) They wouldn't like that. No, they wouldn't. I know. Well. Well, he's from Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK, right? So, that's different than
0: Ireland. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's totally
1: different. Hello, John from Northern Ireland.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, well, it sounds like he's asking, um... He's probably reading my, maybe read one of my books or something. And he hears this. He wants to know. He's saying, how do you know this stuff?
1: He's saying, has somebody else inspired you or no, I'm not did inspired. you come up with this?
0: No, I'm not. Ins- no, no or one did ins- you invent this? No, <laughs> no, no <laughs> one. Yes, I invented spirituality. Um, no, I'm not inspired. No, no one is, inspires me. Inspiration doesn't come from other people. Inspiration comes from within. That's why it's called inspired. Uh, no one inspires me. No one motivates me either. Um, I don't have any gurus, I don't have any life coaches or preachers or ministers or anything like that. I get my information from my intuition. His name is John? Yeah. John, just wake up, become conscious, you'll be free of the emotional baggage, you'll be free from judgment, you'll be free from anger, and God will open up your eyes and you'll see what you need to know. Conscious awareness is all that it takes.
1: He's not asking for help, he's just curious. (laughs) <laughs> he didn't say he needed help. Well,
0: why would he be asking? I mean, what is it?
1: Well, okay. You also, it's also important to mention that you didn't invent this stuff, that no, you course. can't invent the truth. No. So, if you think something's true, it had to have been uh, revealed to you, really, yes. um, and, and not by another person.
0: Put first the kingdom and all else is added. That's what it comes down to. You wake up, you become conscious. i I don't say the things that I say just because I'm clever. But it's an intuitive thing, and you will know. You'll just know. That's it. You, John, he doesn't want advice. Is that what you're saying? I was going to suggest if he wants to know what I know. Well, he's not
1: saying he needs help. That's maybe he does. I don't know.
0: No, he probably doesn't need help. He's from Northern Ireland. They don't need help. You know, you 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 get my non-contemplative meditation. You practice it. You become conscious, and your intuitives, your your. Intuitiveness just activates, and then you know right from wrong and true from false. We were just
1: talking about enlightenment yesterday. We were. Um, which I think that's kind of what we're talking about now.
0: Yeah, enlightenment is not something that's taught. It's not something that you learn. You can't go to church and become enlightened. You can't go to a an empowerment seminar and become enlightened. Right. When when you wake
1: up, um, when you become conscious, the information comes naturally as it needs to.
0: Sure. It doesn't come out, right. You can't force it either. Moment by moment, life just unfolds and yeah. you need, you you say the things that you need to say and do the things that you need to do as you need it. You can't learn spirituality. You can't learn virtue. You can learn laws They you know, they have the 10 commandments, right? But then at some point this stuff is written on your heart and then you just live it naturally. Yep. So, so no, you can't learn. This doesn't come out of books. Right. You know. All right. Any other questions? That's, yes. that's actually, I thought that was a stupid question, but actually, is a pretty good question. <laughs> so, John, I apologize for what I thought of you at first. You've seen- <laughs>
1: you didn't even tell him. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> he wasn't insulted. Now he is. No, no he's not. Okay. Whoever he is. It's um, a good question. Next question from Howard. Howard. Okay. I imagine you're getting a lot of serious questions, so I'll try and be a little bit different. The biggest mystery of all. What is Dan Schwarzhoff and Dan Jr.'s favorite movie? Ah. Favorite movie. Um,
0: well, the one that comes to mind- oh, Wait a minute. Before we- Before, before we talk about- I, I don't know what- Do I know what your favorite movie is? I don't know. We were talking about this. We were talking about movies the other day, how horrible they are. We can't even go- How bad they are they're currently. They're terrible. They're really bad. We the ones have, in theaters now. Ugh. We have right now, we have free movie tickets. We were given them. We were given them as a gift. We didn't ask. They just sent them. They're on- They're desperate for people to come. They're held by a magnet on our refrigerator. And we can go to a movie anytime for free. I have no desire. I can't I I try so hard
1: to make myself excited to go to the movies, and nothing is playing that looks good.
0: It's terrible. I can't stand all the CGI stuff. It's just horrible.
1: Oh Well, it's not the CGI. Maybe it's the writing of the movies that's not as good. No, the CGI is ruining movies because I think it's making it easier to write bad movies um cgi is really good when you don't know it's cgi but when you know it's cgi right something's probably gone wrong yeah
0: it's It's not not as good as it could be no
1: uh like if an explosion happens if if the explosion happens so close to the camera that i know it should have just melted the lens (laughs) i know that this wasn't real it wasn't real
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's right you shouldn't be able to shoot that my eyes
1: should be like burning in my skull from watching this so close right now right but
0: yeah, I just don't enjoy it. It's totally unrealistic. Even when it's realistic, it's unrealistic because it, sh- it defies laws and it shouldn't. My brain—it's not an intellectual thing. My brain just says, "Oh, that's wrong. Oh, there's something wrong with that." Yeah, you know, it just doesn't seem right. I to augment what's happening already—it seems, it seems like it, that would be good.
1: I don't know. I mean, sometimes CGI is okay. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like um, one one of my favorite movies is The Matrix. I was going to say You like that. the Matrix too? Yes, I was going to. So, for all this complaining about CGI.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I know. But that was, in a see, that was supposed to be make-believe. That was supposed to be that way. Because the film is, it's depicting, a, it's a simulated world existing underneath a real world. So, it's similar. So, anything can happen. So, you know that it's not real. Right. You already know it's not real. I guess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you come to the real world, and people are living in, <laughs> and they're
1: living in spaceships flying around, and
0: <laughs> yeah, and tubes. Yeah, and that's so that's the real stuff. Um, um, yeah.
1: I, I think it. I think if it's written well, there's no problem with it. But right. when you're relying on the, uh, when you're relying on on the explosions and the action, you know, a lot of movies now are just adrenaline rushes. Right. They're hour and a half adrenaline rushes.
0: Yeah, that's not good.
1: That does not. Do that's, anything for me that's that makes even, me very i feel i'm like tired i feel terrible after that it
0: isn't even healthy
1: no i feel like sick afterwards yeah because i'm not looking for that i don't want that right. i don't need that and a lot of people do and they
0: go oh, that was awesome man yeah well that's but, you realize but that's that, not me. you realize that's taking drugs
1: that's, yeah that's why yeah, people sure. get
0: addicted to uh video games that's why they get addicted to these movies you know right now i have to tell you i like action films i like i like there to be some action and sure you know i you know i i like james bond movies (laughs) yeah i love james bond yeah well when they're good i don't like daniel craig though
1: i don't like him that much The last one was okay i thought but anyway um yeah i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna have a little piece of cake have your little piece of cake right but i I don't want to stick my whole face in the cake. Yeah, no, that's not good. So, all that's these good. like Fast and Furious and uh it's it's like so much action and 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 it's like sex and explosions and and guns. It's just it's a, it's a little bit too much. Yeah. I like a story.
0: So, as far as what my favorite movie is, I would have to say right now, my favorite modern movie, modern day movie, it would have to be The Matrix. Okay, pretty much cuz I haven't really seen any I don't know, don't you like that? Then you Why like do you that? like The Matrix? Um, I liked it because it's it's kind of funny because it's a, you know there's a lot of fantasy there's a lot of simulated stuff, a lot of CGI that we we're just talking about but nothing you see is real nothing you experience is real and the truth is kept hidden behind this facade of another world which is run by a tyrannical authority which basically has you enslaved and that to me is real and you don't know it. And you don't know it, and you think you're in the world, but you're not. Mm-hmm. That is the condition that most people are living in right now. And the 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 cherry on top, the cool part, which makes it
1: an extended analogy right. if that makes sense, is that when he when you know they spend all that time dodging bullets, right? They dodge, 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 move very fast, and and they have to dodge all. The, and then Neo realizes that he doesn't have to anymore, cool. right? And he just sees the bullets and stops them. Right. They just stop right in front of him. Right. And nothing can harm him. Right. Nothing can hurt him anymore. And that's a great example of how negative energy, resentment energy works in this world, how it comes toward you and people spend their entire lives trying to dodge it, trying to escape it, trying to get away from it. And then when you realize that, oh my God, I can just see it. Right. And, and it, and, let it fall off. Right. Without positive thinking and mantras and yoga and video games and movies and all that stuff. I just let it come off, let it roll off, and that's it. I'm fine. Right. It's actually the less effort, the easier it is.
0: That is true. I think, uh, what's his name? What was the other character's name? Morpheus? Morpheus, yeah. Morpheus. He tells him, no, he says to Morpheus, Oh, you mean I can dodge bullets? And he says, "No. What I'm telling you is, when it comes time, you won't have to." Right. And so that, that's pretty cool. That is very cool, and it is very real.
1: Although I do like watching him move in slow motion and dodge the bullets and mm. lean back, and but but that's a uh, that's just fun to watch. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. That's it for now. Um, go to schwarzhofmedia.com and scroll down to the bottom. And sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you're going to get exclusive content, blog updates podcast updates you'll know when everything comes out out you'll you'll get exclusive stuff too it goes it goes out yeah weekly monday night goes
0: out every week monday night and we have a really good one tonight i think
1: do we okay we do
0: oh wow yes we do very good i like it very much it's going out tonight okay well that's it for today and this is episode number seven seven and join us again next time and thanks for listening